Um, we're on week three of our sermon series, Life Together. Come on. Um, well, uh, you know, I'll just give a quick recap. Uh, we're going to do something really interesting today. I'll share with you in a bit. But uh, in week one, we spoke about how the church committee is to be uh, like family, that we are to be so well differentiated from uh, the communities in the world, our love for each other in many ways ought to look uh, misplaced and almost irrational. Uh, and, you know, in, in doing so, in loving one another really well, it really captures the hearts and minds of the world. And that's what we talk about in week one. In week two, we spoke about becoming a transforming community. And, uh, you know, that the goal of Jesus' community is not to put you all, you know, like-minded individuals and form a social setting where you can experience chemistry and bond over a common interest. That is not Jesus' vision for community, but his vision for community is really transformation. It's for you to experience uh, change in your life, right? And, and it's for us to pursue uh, spiritual growth and to grow and mature in our life. Are you with me, people? Yes? yes? yes. Come on. Okay. So, uh, and last week we also mapped out uh, what uh, I would refer to as the typical kind of experience and stages in community experience. Can I have that, that slide up? And so we all know that typically in a community experience, you know, you, you experience idealization, excitement, you get really excited about a brand new community, and then very quickly you hit a point of disenchantment, of disillusionment. And uh, beyond that, uh, you know, as you grow in love, you know, you would slowly gain acceptance. But you know, in between disenchantment and acceptance, there's this wall that we often have to push through. And what happens when we hit the wall, you know, when we find it hard to accept, hard to move through on in love, you know, we cycle back into idealism and disenchantment and, and, and excitement. Uh, and we find ourselves in this vicious cycle of excitement into disillusionment and idealism into disenchantment. And so uh, the focus of uh, the, the following weeks uh, in this series would really be to address that wall to address that point that we, we uh, so often hit, you know, some moments, some experiences, some uh, circumstances that are inevitable in life, you know, we will hit that wall at some point. And how do we actually overcome that wall and grow into acceptance and eventually become a people of love? And so that's the focus of uh, the next few weeks, right? But we, we aren't there yet. You know, today we're going to start it light and easy. Uh, you know, I received a couple of uh, pieces of feedback on uh, the series so far. And um, one of the guys in our church who, uh, uh, he'll remain nameless. He's on the worship team. His name starts with D and he has two boys. He said that, uh, <laughs> just anonymous, you know. Um, he said that uh, he, he wished for uh, there to be a bit more anecdotes and stories, uh, even as we talk about comedy. I, I think he's right in saying that, you know, I'm pretty obedient to, to that particular person, you know, and very submissive. And so, so I, I listened and I was like, yes, 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 senior, older person. Uh, and, so, and, so, and so, you know, I think he's right in saying that the first two weeks have been very conceptual, have been very uh, theoretical and cerebral. You know, I think uh, it's good content for the, for the most part, if I can say so myself, but I think, uh, I think you know, we, we will... We should, uh, you know, in, in a series on committee, see some of these concepts, some of these things that we talk about actually played out in the life of a committee. And so we're going to start off, uh, how we're going to start off this, uh, this week's message is going to do a panel uh, of different individuals in our committee, and we're going to move into a short message after that. And so, you know, panel and shorter message. And so it's a real treat for you. Uh, the treat for some of you might be the panel, for others it might be the short message. And so uh, can I have the table up and can I invite my panel? And so my panel, I've invited uh, Ivan, Tiana, and Shuen. Can you welcome them? Uh, 
Panel, you may take a seat. Um, join me up front. Good. You know, we have done these, these panels a couple times already in church, but do you all find these things helpful? Yeah? I've invited um, these uh, people because, you know, I think uh, many of you would know them. They, are, they have been around in our community for a while now. Uh, and, you know, in my conversations with them, in my moments with them, you know, the, the word, the, you know, you can, you can almost feel and hear their passion of uh, and excitement uh, regards to community. Uh, in, in, in all our conversations together, right? these are people who are not just excited and uh, passionate about community, they are uh, immensely committed in building uh, uh, authentic Christ-centered communities in our church. And so uh, I just want to spend some time hearing their experience and, uh, and for all of us to be inspired. You know, uh, maybe you, know, you already participate in community in some way, uh, but you know, maybe in hearing some of these stories, it will, it will inspire you to deepen your, your experience. Uh, and so yeah, you know, I'm just going to kick it off straight away. Now, uh, introduce yourself real quickly. What do you do and how long you've been in church and maybe what life group you're a part of? Hi. Hi, I'm Xuan. I'm a naval officer. I've been in church for about uh, six or seven years now. Okay. Uh, what else? Oh, I'm in Amy and Andre's life group. Woo! Oh, yeah. Well done. <laughs> yeah. I'm Tiana. I'm a researcher slash student at NUS. And I've been in church for three years, a little more. And I'm in John and Mel's life group. Okay, cool. <laughs> Ivan, I'm in media and in Joshua's life group. It's a competition. Uh, <laughs> well, uh, just real quick question. Um, you know, uh, what comes to mind, uh, comes to your mind when uh, you hear the word community? Uh, maybe just two, three words that come to your mind when you hear the word community, real quickly. Fun, uh, vulnerability, mm-hmm. and uh, growth. Mm. Family, uh, support. Yeah, you said two is enough. Okay. okay. Yeah. <laughs> Overachiever. I think I just I'll do one. Uh, I think it's family. Right, family. For me, is the most. Very cool. Okay, you know, um, I think it's really obvious to uh, I think everyone who knows you, and uh, especially to me, how passionate you all are about community. Uh, maybe, you know, just give us a genesis of that, you know, um, you know, have you always been excited and passionate about community? Uh, if no, was there a significant moment, experience uh, in life that really uh, teetered you over, you know, into excitement and passion uh, with regards to community? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> i give you time to think because I have an idea already what I want to say. So actually, I grew up in a Christian home, but I wasn't following Jesus like actually in my life. And it was when I was in high school, so I was about 15, 16, that I actually joined like a girls' Bible study. And it was through that community, like through those friends and the, the life group leader, if you will, that I actually encountered like, oh, this is what it really means to follow Christ and like this is what Christianity actually is and and I want this and that's why I chose it for myself and looking back it was definitely the influence of the leader but I realized that uh, equally important or maybe more so was that I had the friends around me the community around me that was also going after the same thing and that was really life-changing for me that's a pivotal point in my life Mm -hmm. in my faith Mm -hmm. now um, some of you might not be aware but Tiana is actually from the US and so she moved over to Singapore about three years ago I would say and so how was it like, you know, coming into Singapore and finding, uh, and I'll, I'll let you guys get to that previous question in a while, but I just want to zone in on that. But how was it like, you know, coming into a brand new environment, uh, you know, 
predominantly pretty weird people and interesting people and finding community in the midst of their house that for you how's that it was actually really challenging i'll be honest because one thing that i've noticed is that in the u.s um people are just more smiley and i will qualify that by saying like sometimes it's not very genuine like people are fake nice but you at least feel like they're trying to pretend like they like you whereas maybe here people are just real they're like i don't know you yet i'm not gonna smile at you yeah Yeah, they're honest, so I do appreciate that, but I didn't expect it at first, so I was like, no one likes me, no one smiles at me, you know, and no one comes up to say hi. I mean, there was people that did, but I think, yeah, just generally the <laughs> the climate was different. So actually, there's a new girl joining, I don't think she's here today, but from the US, and I was telling her, oh, if people don't chat with you a lot, don't think they don't like you, because that's what I thought at first, and it turns out that they do, but she was like, oh, then why did you stay? And I said, hmm. That's a good question. And I realized that. I thought about it. And I realized it's because I really thought that the the teaching was really quality. Okay, yeah. (laughs) But also that I really like the people that you are, that I saw. Like, I saw people interacting with each other. And I was like, oh, I really like the way these people are. And I want to be part of it. So I guess I'll just be patient until I can, like, be accepted into it. But, yeah, now I think we're... where we've made strides with host ministry and people just being more aware, and even this sermon series and a few yeah. that you've done in the past about us being more aware of welcoming people in. Cool. Yeah. yeah. I don't know about you. What, what makes you so passionate about community? Was there a moment? Or... Uh, I'll, be, I'll be honest. Like, There's a moment of sort of... Yeah. So when I got here, right, uh, I was going through some issues, so I wasn't really ready to play church, huh? you know, in that sense. So you know, I was quite judgy. I was like, you know, ah, oh, this guy's like this. So I was really turned off. And then, you know, Pauline was very patient. She, she gave me a long leash. So, you know, uh, yeah, so the turning point was actually church camp. Uh, and I, be- I was the tribe leader. So then that, you cannot have a black face and be a tribe leader. So, yeah, so that was really hard for me. It's like three days, it was like torture, man. You know, having to get people together and smile and, you know, and do stuff, right? Mm. So, uh, but at the end of it, I kind of like, uh, on the third, I think the third, no, is it, yeah, maybe the third day, right? I just felt that uh, God asked me, you know, uh, yeah, so he asked me, he said, uh, so you love me, then love my people? Then I'm like, step. So, yeah, so, so that's, that's the turning point. And also PD, PD was really good, like, he, he reached out to me and, and he just said something and like asked me to join something, and I felt like, wow, hmm. you know, and it's being accepted, and uh, yeah, so that changed for me, lah. Yeah. So eventually, I I was more. I opened my heart up a bit more. Lah. Yeah, beautiful. Yeah. Shreni. <laughs> <laughs> I think I've always enjoyed uh, being in community and being with people, uh, but I think my idea of community before was was very. Uh, performance driven. Like. That means you are part of a community as much as insofar as what you can bring to a community or how well I perform in that community. So in the context of church, I always saw it as a, you know, how much am I serving? Uh, am I bringing people to church? Am I doing this, doing that? How active I am in ministry? So I think that change, uh, that moment for me was, uh, that changed that perception was when I was in the US, my first year there. And I remember I was part of this new church. And uh, it's a very small church, like a new church plan. So like, 15, 20 people. So if you go, everyone knows what's up with everybody else. Right? So I remember there was one particular Sunday. I, I, I did something um, quite bad. won't go into details. But I felt so ashamed. I felt so shameful that I didn't want to go to church. 
So I just like, you know, switch off my phone, just like, turn, um, and, and just hide in my room. Mm. And what happened was um, two of my pastors then, um, whom I'm still very close to up to today, they actually came to my dorm, my, my school dorm, and actually, you know, knocked my door, and they came in and they were like, hey, you know, what's up? You know, how are you? And they brought me out to eat frozen yogurt. And then they were like, we want you to know. And, and I finally opened up to them. Like, I was like, you know, this is what I did. I felt so shameful. I didn't want to come to church. And they were like, yeah, no, we understand that. But why, what gave you the idea that we love you only because of what you can do? But, uh, but we love you for who you are. Like. And I think mm. that really um, shifted. That was one of the triggers that shifted my perception that um, there is strength and vulnerability. Yes. And, that, uh, we are, and that my value to community is not st- does not stem from what I can do or what I can bring, but yes. simply who I am. Like. Yes, yeah. beautiful. Right, uh, final question uh, before I let you all go. Uh, hopes and dreams, like what, what is something that you would love to see more of uh, in our communities here in the city or uh, maybe it could be like a experience or a value that's really impacted you that you just like love to see people experience. And so we'll start with you. Yeah. Uh, I have the privilege of being part of two men's group. So one meets on Wednesday and uh, the other is, came out of a men's retreat. So we still try to maintain with each other. Uh, my hope is that as we have little groups like the sanctuaries that you were talking about, if we have that, uh, maybe as it matures, it may spin off to other groups. Mm. That once we learn what community is, what, what God shows us in that small group, we have the bonus to take it out and say, hey, you know, if God can do this for this group, let's step out and start another group. Let's reach out to another person and trust that God will build the communities for us. Yeah, beautiful. Okay, I have two. One is that uh, one time my life group had like a joint life group with Ivan's life group. I mean, the one that Ivan's in. And it was quite cool because I think a lot of times we just stick with our life group, which is which is very important. But because of the demographic of our life group, I realized that it's, it's really important to have the older generation kind of come mm. al- alongside the younger yes. generation. Yeah. And just because of that one meeting, I got to know a lot of people in his group that I've never known in, in the two plus years. She just called you old, by the way. Yeah. I said, older! <laughs> older! <laughs> That's <laughs> compared. <Yeah. laughs> Anyways, you know, more learned, more learned generation. There we go. About that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. More mature. There we go. It's more yes. complimentary. Yes. But yeah, so I would like to see more mixing across the generations. And the other one is actually like more vulnerability. Mm. Like whatever Mm. Shren was saying, Mm. I really, really identify with that. Because I think that for myself as well, like sometimes it's hard for me to admit or or to share what's really going on. Because I don't know if people will get it or if they'll just kind of glance over it and then I don't feel validated in whatever I share. But... Yeah, I just really want to encourage everyone to try to take that step out to share some more vulnerable things because it's so powerful and we're not meant to be alone. We're not meant to mm, be like mm, islands. Mm, and that's mm. some of the most powerful things that I've experienced. Mm, mm. Even just recently, like I would say like a few life groups ago, I shared that actually I've been feeling depressed. And uh, one person that was in my prayer group was like, all he did was go like, and I felt so validated. Like, I felt like I'm not alone. Suddenly, I feel like someone cares about me. And then we just prayed for each other. And it really, really helped. Like, so much. Just that one facial expression. So, yeah. Beautiful. Thank you all. Yes. <laughs> I echo what Tiana said on um, building intergenerationally. I think that's something I, I, I really value in our church, that we have really people from different generations. Uh, and I think it's in the little things that we can do, even on, the, on a Sunday when we are doing communion together. 
I realized that what we, and in human tendency, right, we will cluster with the people we already know, but it's a good chance like, to go pray with someone, just plug yourself into a group that you may not have met or someone from a different generation. Um, and I really, really appreciate it when like families invite um, different ones of us over to their homes. Uh, yeah, I want to shout out Uncle Tim and Auntie Patsy this week. <laughs> yeah, really, they, they had me over for breakfast and I didn't realize it was Auntie Patsy's birthday. I was like, oh, you had me over on, yeah, on my <laughs> birthday. So that was really sweet. So I, I, I hope to see more of that. Lah. I think that there is something for speaking uh, as someone who's uh, younger, just something um, that is deposited in my heart. <laughs> younger than Uncle Tim and clearly. But that's something when I see the way uh, they do family, the way they have raised their family to, yes. to love God to yeah. the generations. Yeah. And I feel that when I plug into that, it's not... It's not just what they say to me when we're in conversation, but just watching them in action, the way yeah. they do family. There's something that I want to model my, my yes. life and my future family yeah. after. So I think that's very important. Lah. And I think the second thing, if I can bring up, is I want to see us as a church, as a community, just becoming more missional. And I think we're moving in that direction. Because I don't think we, as a community, exist unto ourselves, but we exist unto a greater purpose. Lah. So what is it that you know, we see different people among us called to? Uh, how can we release people into what they're called to as a community? Amazing. All right, thank you so much. Give a hand to our panel. Wow, see, servant hearted, eloquent. Wow. <laughs> Scholar. Huh? Handsome. Can la, can la. And humble. <laughs> I done good. Very cool. Wasn't that, wasn't that great? Yeah, no, I just love hearing some of these stories and how community has been of uh, impact and benefit to different people. And I, I would hope you know that, that many of you are experiencing uh, some of what they've, they've talked about in your own community. Uh, and of course, you know, as we're talking about life together and uh, being part of a Christ-centered community, uh, if you're currently not in a life group, I want to highly encourage for you to check it out, try out some life groups. Uh, you know, we have a ton of life groups uh, all over Singapore. We just don't have one in Sentosa at this moment. But uh, they're all in all different kind of geographical areas. And so I'm sure we can find one that will, uh, you know, kind of meet your need and uh, that you will really connect well with. And so if you don't have, currently have a life group, please reach out to us. We'd love to place you in one and uh, just get you connected uh, into the life of the church. Amen.